Coming up this week on Breaking Badness. Today we discuss the business of V2V. Threat actors capitalize on coronavirus epidemic. Next up, I smell a rat. TA505 returns from winter vacation. And finally, our eighth round of Two Truths and a Lie. Breaking Badness is next. Welcome to Breaking Badness, episode number 36, recorded on February 3rd, 2020. I'm your co-host, Kelsey, pun of a witch, LaBelle. With me, co-host Tarek, malware connoisseur, Sala. And last but not least, Chad, the Miller High Life virus, Anderson. Do they have a sparkling yet? A sparkling Miller Life? Like a sparkling Bud Light? Have you heard of this? No. I thought it was already sparkling. Watch out, look right... <laughs> <laughs> a fair question. Let me take that up with a uh, bud and light. <laughs> Excellent. Now that we've Great solved, the, I know what could go wrong. <laughs> well, let's let's do this. Let's get right into it. The first article of today is the business of V to V or virus to virus. Threat actors capitalize on coronavirus epidemic. So as the coronavirus originating in the Wuhan province of China, continues to stir widespread fears about a global public health crisis, some see an opportunity in the outbreak. So a recent state of malicious botnet-driven emails is using the coronavirus as a theme, according to telemetry from IBM X-Force and Kaspersky. So watch out B2B. Now we are seeing one virus being used to distribute another, in this case, the Emotet Trojan. So Chad, according to IBM X-Force, the means of spreading the Emotet Trojan is a phishing email. So can you dig into this email in regards to what the email itself contains and potentially who's behind it? Yeah, so the emails in this case were looking to exploit people on a type of disability welfare in some Japanese prefectures, um, Osaka being one of them, a couple others. Um, this is up there with that social security number scam uh, calls telling you that your services are going to be turned off and whatnot. That was uh, a scam. Basically, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Press one and definitely give them all your data. Uh, basically, you will take any you know current disaster or epidemic, then couple that with people in need or relying on some part of the social system. Tell them that uh, their reliance is in jeopardy, and then get them to open a malicious document. Um, I really wish that these people would target someone with actual money, um, but uh, in in this case, they're just going after people needing it already. Um, and in the case of Emotet, this is slightly interesting since um, in the Japanese market before, these phishing emails have always been the subjects of like corporate payment or invoicing to get people to open the documents. So they've been targeting um, more workers from what I understand. Chad, then what happens when you actually open this attached document and what types of attachments did the researchers unearth? So it's the age-old malicious Word document thing with macros. Uh, you open it up. It says, hey, enable macros for a good time. Um, <laughs> you do, which is the wrong thing to do. Uh, it infects your machine and the fun begins. The usual uh, Emotet infection chain, drop a copy, install a service, communicate with the C2, update, start the network infection, and uh, you know do some credential thieving. I think... There could be an entire topic on macroeconomics and how effective it is, and not in the way you might think. Yeah. Can you enable micros? You can. What? No, I, you can't. 
I trusted you. You're wearing a beanie, and I trusted you. <laughs> Alrighty. So this isn't necessarily a new trend in terms of what you just mentioned there. And seeing threat actors capitalize on major events. Are there any other events that you are particularly concerned about? Um, yeah, so we're already seeing some things crop up for the Olympics in Tokyo. I think they start in June of this year. Um, Japan's also already sent out a warning that cyber attacks are going to be up in the next couple of months. We saw it with the Sochi Olympics a little bit, um, and of course, it's only going to get more prominent. Um, anything that grabs people's interest and can be leveraged to get them to open that document, you know, so it'll be elections, World Cup, you name it. So could you say someone could meddle in the Olympics? <laughs> wow. Thank you. That's I fun of a witch. <laughs> it's my Halloween costume. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, and there's a lot that is coming up here. There's always big events um that are about to occur, but um, I'm sure, you know, the election here in the States, obviously, is top of mind. We've been talking about that for the last few weeks, the Olympics. And then, of course, the World Cup. I have to ask you about the World Cup because I know you are a massive football fan. Yeah. Um, you're so with any of these events working in security, uh, we're so mired in these things that it, we just kind of assume that if anything's happening, it's going to get um, used in some way to spread malware and for some cyber criminals to make some quick cash. Um, so at this point, though, you know, and like you said, I'm a huge football fan. Um, I'm more concerned about the uh, 3,000 plus migrant worker deaths um, in Qatar and the fact that the tournament's in winter. But uh, with that, I'm even sure that some criminal is going to send out an Excel document with macros in it that's titled, you know, workers in Qatar.xlsx. And uh, every tragedy at this point is being exploited. So, um, you know, even that will be used, unfortunately. Yeah, it's uh, a bummer is not extensive enough a word to describe how unfortunate that is yeah. that people will use those events to their other people's disadvantage. I remember um, Taylor, who was on the podcast last week, did a phenomenal blog about, uh, I think it was Hurricane, might have even been Harvey, and how many spoof domains for folks to collect and raise money for these peoples that oh, were yeah. out of a home. To, you know, just send funds to themselves. Just skip that whole give other people the money part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, going back to this specific epidemic here with coronavirus um, and what's happening there, how how concerned in terms of hoodie ratings are you personally in regards to this campaign with the good old Excel enabling of macros and all that jazz? Um, like hoodie rating in terms of like fear of the coronavirus or in terms of emotet and infections. <laughs> <laughs> I, let's start with Emotet. <laughs> uh, Emotet's pretty well watched, um, but uh, you know, it, people keep falling for these things. Um, I guess five out of ten hoodies, just because it it's same as it ever was. People keep <laughs> opening those macros or opening those documents with macros enabled or or enabling macros even even better, and uh, that's. That's that tale as old as time. You, we could sing that song from Beauty and the Beast and change the lyrics a bit. Enabling macros. Yeah, there you go. The <laughs> next I episode. I really nailed that tune there. Yeah, All right, guys, it. I'm done. I'm done with this job. I'm going to go be a professional singer. It's working out really well. I think um, a security soundtrack of Disney songs would sell well for children. 
just around the fishing mill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, let's go. Let's, let's go. What do you think, Dark? Please make this stop for everyone that's listening. <laughs> yeah, so you know what's interesting is that attacks on Korean and Japanese uh, organizations and citizens are always a lot less sophisticated, and, and there's a lot of reasons for that. Um, and so we see these kind of attacks happen all the time following this pattern of, you know, macro-enabled word docs with payloads behind them. The, the What I would give, I would give this thing a solid like seven out of, or six out of ten, six and a half out of ten, um, because specifically because I know these attacks are going to be a lot more effective than we think they would be because of the uh, the victims in this situation, especially, you know, who they're targeting, right? You know, this is just in a continued, like, Emotech campaign. This is still going to continue on, and um, I'm going to give this a solid 6.5 out of 10, just because I know it's going to be a lot more effective with this group than other groups. The most important question I ask on the podcast is which half of the hoodie? Mm. The hood. <laughs> it's a big half. Mm-hmm. It's a, I mean, it's a... Chad raised a very important question. I think it was last week, like... Is a hoodie still a hoodie without a hood? So it's it makes sense that Aren't those sweatshirts. <laughs> I don't know. And I think if it's just the hood, is that a coif? No, the coif goes around your neck, right? Oh, um, obviously that's, a, that's a neck thing, right? It's like a turtleneck without just by an, an independent turtleneck, isn't it? Just like I thought you were going to say without the turtle. Without the turtle, <laughs> without the turtle. <laughs> there's just a neck without the turtle. <laughs> <Kind of> sorta, <laughs> yeah. It's like a piece of calamari that goes around your neck. I thought. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that a coy? You're marketing I don't know. that really well. Um, I definitely want to wear calamari so this around my is, neck. That's <laughs> why I work in security and not fashion, all right? <laughs> I just thought of something that would be a horrible and disturbing phishing email, which is a phishing email from the, you know, the country of Japan warning people about cyber attacks for the Olympics with an attachment with all the information in it, which is, in fact, a phishing attack. God, you'd be oh. a good fisher. Metafish. Yeah. You'd be really good. Are you sure this what you want to do black hat stuff or be good at it? <laughs> oh well, I think we talked about this weeks and weeks and weeks ago. But one of the worst—I I didn't experience this personally, but it was on Twitter—and um, some HR organization had asked people if they wanted to be opted out of the phishing education courses through the company and by doing that it was in fact a phishing email when you click the unsubscribe link i thought that was cruel but very funny (laughs) you're sick i am (laughs) chad looks so mischievous right now i wish you could all see his face yeah i'm wondering if when i go on those sprees of just like i'm gonna unsubscribe from all these mailing lists i'm so tired of these spam emails yeah if i'm really just infecting my machine <laughs> i i would think at this point with javascript and everything else turned off that i'm safe but you never know it's like the titanic right there yeah you think you're safe till you're not <laughs> those unsubscribes will be your iceberg chadwick all right let's get into the next article i smell a rat ta505 returns from winter vacation i like to imagine it as like you know the french take a skiing vacation that's what was happening here so just imagine threat actors returning from a nice failed ski Um, to do some casual campaigns, if you will. Um, So Microsoft says that an ongoing TA505 phishing campaign is using attachments featuring HTML redirectors for delivering malicious Excel documents. So this is not the first time that the threat actors have been seen adapting this technique, but uh, let's 
get into some of the logistics and the specifics here. So Tarek, can you start by giving us a quick download on TA-505, which is also known as Sector J-04, I believe? Yeah, yeah. So um, TA-505 is a uh, threat group that we can thank Proofpoint for tracking. You might not have heard of the threat group itself, but they're definitely associated with some of our favorite common threats, such as like Drydex or Locky. I know everyone's heard of those. Um, so, and as you can imagine, they're obviously a really extremely financially motivated threat group that uh, has been really effective at what they do. Thank you for that context. And it sounds like this isn't their first rodeo, which is what I refer to in the intro in this article. And their campaigns are well known for, like Drydex and Lockheed. What else have they been associated with in the past? Yeah, you know, I thought this is really interesting that, um, so they're, they're, this threat group, T505, is um, associated with the development of uh, Drydex and Lockheed and those campaigns, but um, they've also been picked up in the wild. Um, shout out again to Proofpoint's researchers for this. They've been picked up in the wild with um, um, deliveries of other rats and other payloads that they didn't specifically develop. Um, so, you know, you might have heard of these rats called like Flawed Amy, you know, that's a really popular one, um, Trick and uh, Globe Imposter. Um, so they haven't been specifically associated with the development of those, but they're definitely associated with delivering them. So there might be some financial motivations behind that. Um, maybe they uh, did not have the resources or time to, um, or for whatever reason, to distribute their own versions of the malware that we're going to talk about later. Um, or maybe that this malware, such as Flawed Ami Tricking uh, Globe Imposter, might have been more appropriate for the regions and the people they were attacking. Uh, but they've been at the forefront of using different attack vectors and different bypasses and exploits uh, to deliver these payloads for a while now. Um, so once again, I mean, this is a pretty high-impact uh, threat group. They're no globe imposters, are they? hi <laughs> I have to wonder where these APT names and group names and tool names come from sometimes. It's like they just went to a password random word generator and they're like, I like these two words together. Pretty much. That's nice. But it works. I mean, Globe Imposter. That sounds to me like an animated show, but for adults. Like Globe Imposter. <laughs> Not appropriate for your children. Some of them are a lot less sexy or fun. Like, for example, we're going to talk about, I'll kind of go into the history of the malware that these guys use next and where the name comes from. That's perfect. Yeah, let's talk about in this particular campaign what exactly what you just said. What was included in that malware and what other details are available at this point? Yeah, so uh, taking a step back, um, this is a lot like following what Chad was talking about with Emotet. We have the same exact type of attack kill chain here. So we have um, the initial you know, botnet-induced um, uh, email campaign with malicious Word or publisher documents that include those infamous macros. Um, and those macros are fitting the same pattern of acting like as a stage one downloader that will grab additional malware uh, to drop and execute. So in this campaign, uh, Proofpoint's researchers um, collected a handful of payloads uh, from TA-505 and uh, two of their campaigns that were conducted in November 2018. And they came up with a new uh, type of, or they discovered a new type of malware, in this case called Serve Helper. And the, there are two specific variants of that. So we have the tunnel variant and the downloader variant. And you know, I did mention a little bit earlier the uh, Proofpoint researchers did dub this called Serve Helper. Um, and the reason is because there is a specific DLL file name associated with the malware called servehelper.dll. So not really creatively named like some of the other stuff we've talked about today, but um, that's where the origins uh, came from on this. A couple of really interesting points about the actual payloads themselves. 
This malware was written in Delphi, which is a really old uh, programming language that can be used to build uh, binaries and executables across like multiple operating systems, but usually specifically for Windows. Um, it's definitely considered a dying language, too. Um, most like malware I analyzed for the past couple years have all been C, C++, Python Go, or .NET uh, binaries. Delphi is kind of an older language, so it was, it was kind of interesting to hear uh, and read that um, these new executables are written in Delphi. Watch out, Latin. Delphi's the the new dead language now. <laughs> That's right. Uh, so, like for the two variants of Serve Helper, we have the tunnel and the downloader. And I'll just briefly go over some of the capabilities of those. The tunnel variant um, seems to have like the most functionality, according to Proofpoint researchers. Um, both the tunnel and the downloader make use of reverse SSH connections, um, but the tunnel variant allows a tunneling of uh, the RDP protocol over SSH. Um, that way, the attacker can go ahead and set up a remote an RDP session where they can visually interact, kind of like VNC for Linux. Uh, where they can visually interact with the desktop of their victims. Whereas like the downloader variants that are seen in the wild for this campaign lack the RDP functionality, but have all the other capabilities, such as that reverse SSH tunnel back to the attacker C2. Um, and obviously by the name, you can probably tell it has the download and execute functionality that we see with a lot of uh, multi-stage malware. So another really interesting thing about uh, Serve Helper, um, it really continues on with the how attackers and malware authors are kind of evolving in terms of adding encryption uh, functionality to either the malware itself or the malware communication. Um, and Serve Helper does all of its C2 um, operations over HTTPS. So if you are a threat hunter um, or a SOC analyst, um, you, you know, analyzing um, HTTP uh, post requests and get requests, it's going to be really difficult here unless you're busting uh, HTTPS and man in the milling it. Um, so if you want to detect a serve helper um, C2 in the wild, you're going to have to look at your DNS logs for that because everything else is done over HTTPS here. Perfect. Thank you so much, Tarek. That was a wonderful download that I did not have to enable macros on to get a lot of helpful information. Nice. <laughs> so, Tarek, <laughs> does this campaign line up with the group's MO, if you will? It does, yeah. So when I read more into Serve Helper and Serve Helper's capabilities, uh, specifically cred dumping from web browsers, that really indicates what the motives are for the attackers here. They're here to harvest people's credentials um, to gain access to their financial systems. So either accessing it directly um, through their web browser um, cred dumps or accessing their email accounts and then you know, leveraging their email account access to get access to their financial data, you know, PayPal accounts, et cetera, et cetera. So it's really fitting in line with, um, the malware's fitting in line with the threat group's motives. Excellent. And I'm curious too, is the malware connoisseur, how sophisticated do you feel this malware is, relatively speaking, to what else you just generally see in the, the environment, in the world? Yeah, so this kind of fits really in line with... Um, uh, Chad's analysis on like kind of Emotet and his uh, take on that. So fortunately, this malware is um, this is a really straightforward um, and really easy uh, detectable multi-stage attack chain uh, that we see way too often. We have the Word or Publisher document or even Excel with a active macro um, that does either PowerShell or VBS to download a binary and execute it. And usually, there's no exploit code involved. This is all taking place in user space. So with 
you know, reasonably high confidence, I would say any type of behavior-based uh, antivirus solution should be able to pick this up really simple. Since this is such a common attack pattern and, um, you know, following what the behavior is, if you have a Word document that's beaconing out and downloading and executing an executable, you know, that's a really easy uh, thing to flag. Um, that being said, I think the threat group behind this malware is targeting individuals and not organizations. Um, and a lot of organizations have those resources for, like, that can afford a solid antivirus product. So while the malware itself might not be elite to those of us that defend networks, it's still going to be really effective against normal consumers out there. Um, and so, and we could really glean that um, from looking at all the financial damages that TA505 has done with Drydex and Locky too. Can I just say that TA505 sounds like a boy band? Oh, see, I was thinking it was a droid from Star Wars. Oh, that's good. Yeah. These are the droids you've been looking for. Yeah. Sounds like a new Terminator variant, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 505. (laughs) (laughs) I'll work on my Terminator as well as my Disney uh, song selections. The things I've learned I've terrible at. Yeah. You can sing uh, all of the Star Wars themes, or hum them rather, uh, now that they're under the Disney umbrella. So you've got that in your arsenal. I've always wanted that as a hobby, honestly. Professional Star Wars theme song humming. Yeah, I think so. that should be the next episode. Is you should just you should just hum through the entire soundtrack of um, at least the first three movies. At, at least, yeah. probably not Phantom of the Menace, though. Let's be honest. I don't think that's worth humming. Anyways, all right, let's get to the hoodie rating then. So, Tarek, after your analysis there of of the malware itself, what would you rate this at? Going strictly off of how effective these guys are, um, this is like a seven out of ten for me. Uh, I would normally normally be a lot more dismissive, and you know, based on just like the malware itself, I'd be like, oh, this isn't that big of a deal, but. Looking at how effective this threat group is and how much billions of dollars of damages they've caused, like the entire world, I'm going to get this like a solid seven out of ten. What do you think, Chad? You know, I would have to say I think with by using the you know the Delphi language, they're trying to tell us that they actually work at Oracle here mm. and yeah, Oracle Delphi. Um, I I'd agree with Tarek the six out of ten, seven out of ten. Um, they get a lot of they make a lot of money, um, and that's. I guess, a uh, uh, metric for success. There you go. Speaking of metrics, I really want to go plot all of your previous hoodie ratings. So when you say something like, I don't typically do this high or this low, I'll be like, actually, let me look at your average. This is not anomalous <laughs> behavior for you. Just be prepared. I'm just going to fact check you. Okay. You're such a manager. <laughs> and then we should receive a a hoodie in the shape <laughs> That, uh, of the average of the rating, so I would expect a Start hoodie higher, <laughs> like with a lot of holes in it and no sleeves. A summer hoodie. A summer hoodie. Yes. Yeah, it's not quite that season yet here in Seattle. <laughs> yeah, not till August. Not till August. Um, for like two weeks in August, it'll be the right wear for you for sure. Um, okay, so let's move into our less serious portion of the podcast, which is. <laughs> It's pretty pretty low bar for serious here, especially today when Disney comes into play. Um, but two truths and a lie. So if this is your first time tuning in, um, one of us is trying to trick the other two co-hosts by saying three article titles, two of which are true and one of which is a lie. So for the number of people this week, I'm lucky enough to be reading the articles. For the number of people I trick, I get one point. 
And for the number that Chad and Tarek in this case are correct, they get one point. So that's where we stand. These are the rules. Let's play. Are you two ready? Born ready. (laughs) That's a weird first talent to have as a kid. (laughs) Ready to guess the lie articles on breaking badness, but it's happening. A lot of people listen to this. You never know. All righty. Here they are. Google removed over 1.7 or 1,700 Joker malware infected apps from Play Store. It's one. Two. Splunk faces Y2K bug-like problem unless patch. Three. Hacker selling user info stolen from shipyourenemiesglitter.com. Ooh. Any questions? A lot, but... <laughs> wow. This is a bang-up job. Nothing is sticking out super obvious to me. Uh, I am going to say that it is, and I, it's because I believe it's different than Ship Your Enemies Glitter. I think it's like glitterbomb.com. I think that one's the, that one's the lie. You think that one's the lie? But, I mean, there's a lot of, there's a lot of you know, glitter as a service, a lot of gas out there. <laughs> You've heard of memes as a service, right, though? That's got mass appeal. Wow. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs> It's pronounced Mimi's. <laughs> Mimi's. I think I'm overthinking it. I really am. I'm going to say. <clears throat> you know that the one about Android it's malware is a lie because they never remove any malware from the Play Store. Oh, <laughs> good point. I feel like she put that there as a honeypot for me, though, because she knows my hatred of Android. I think she did that as a honeypot. That's a honeypot to me. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go with the Splunk one only because you did glitter. Splunk, final answer. All right. Can I get a um, little bit of a drum roll? Hacker selling user info stolen from shipyourenemiesglitter.com. Dang it. There actually wasn't one for Glitter Bomb, though. It was actually some random site, and I just put in my notes, like, put weird site here. And I went out and asked a few resources for some weird sites. Mm. And the second one, which I couldn't make work, that I just feel is worth mentioning here as a second option, um, was zoomquilt.com, which is just a window where it continues to zoom into a quilt. <laughs> but there's no information to my knowledge that it grabs. Hold on. Please hold. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, zoomquilt.com is no longer, it doesn't exist for what? listeners that would have been as excited as I. I was promised. I was shown an image earlier. (gasps) You can purchase ZoomQuilt.com. Wait a second. Let me look. Let me look. Please hold. Website. I saw this. Oh, it's .org. They're they're an official business. All right. ZoomQuilt.org. Fact check. We'll play it. It does. I don't know what kind of quilt this is necessarily, but it zooms. Um, And in case you need to infect your Android device, you can download this as a live wallpaper. (laughs) On the Play Store, it, it, the banner across Full the circle. top. And next week we'll be discussing. <laughs> I can't kind of, I can't look away. The Zoom thing has really got me. There are trees now, and they're so beautiful. Anyway, you please. just can't quilt this. <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, this has been a great episode. I've really enjoyed working with you two on this one. We'll be back next week for another episode. Stay tuned. Visit zoomquilt.org, <laughs> but don't download the wallpaper and don't enable macros. All right, everyone, have a great week. See you next week.
This does not count as an endorsement for ZoomQuilt.org. That's about all we have for this week. You can find us on Twitter, at DomainTools. All of the articles and IOCs mentioned today will be included in our blog post, which can be found at DomainTools.com slash resources slash podcasts. Catch us every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific time when we publish our podcast and blog. That's all we have for this week. We'll see you next week on another episode of Breaking Badness. Until then, remember, don't drink and click. <laughs>